Blog Talk Radio. We are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, and you can join us live by calling our show at 347-215-8305 anytime throughout the show or by joining our chat room. Today we are discussing jump-starting your health program, getting your body in better health, and we will be welcoming another very wonderful celebrity guest to the show today as well, so stick around as you don't want to miss it. That's right. Getting into shape and therefore better health can sometimes be looked at and oftentimes, obviously, as tedious, time-consuming, and boring. But we want to share with you guys today, there will be none of the above in what we talk about. Let's first agree, though, that being in good health will make you feel better, first of all, and live a more active life. And let's just say that if all you had to do was change a few eating habits, and be more active, as well as maybe about stretch, let's say, 30 minutes a day, and that's all it took, wouldn't you want to give that a shot? Well, if so, that's great because that is all it will take to get you on the right path to achieving overall good health. That's right, honey. And I want to add, it will also add to a person's well-being and inner peace as well. Okay, you guys? When we feel better about ourselves and we start getting more energy, we are able to get more done and be more active and so on. And you live a much more satisfying way when you do that. Wouldn't you say, babe? That's right, babe. And here are some things everyone mm-hmm. can do to begin. And when I say everyone, I'm talking about every single person. There's nobody that's left out in this one. Everybody can do on their journey to getting healthy. First and foremost is nutrition. And when we mm-hmm. talk about nutrition, we hear this all the time, but we're talking about fruits, vegetables, and grains. Getting away from the greasy processed foods and trying oh. to get your nutrition under control because to be honest with you, if you never worked out, if you really didn't stretch, but you just ate real good with fruits and vegetables and grains, not a lot of greasy foods, you would really, really do your body a lot of justice and you would see results just by doing that in and of itself. Wow, that's some really good ideas, you guys. That's a really good tip. And you know my husband's a professional athlete, so being in good health, being um, eaten right, his nutrition plays a major role in his life. Even when he's not uh, working and he's just in leisure time, he's trying to watch what he eats. He's eating healthy. That's something that I've struggled with, and I'm sure most of you ladies out there have struggled with the same thing. Nutrition is not a big thing to a lot of people, but it is very important. This show today is about getting your body healthy, getting your inner spirit healthy and your mind healthy. So we're going to share a lot of things. Now, the expert in this conversation, of course, is Mr. Christie, my husband. But I can offer different things. You know I've written a couple of books, um, Woman, that is for women. Um, um, it's a practical guide to loving the skin that you're in. It's a, a practical guide to loving who you are and, and getting doing things. You know, I give you tips in there and ideas and places to go look for more information. It's a fantastic book. I should pick it up if you want just some tips for women. It's in there. There's also another book that's out that's overall um, the perception of women, and that's called Proud to be a Colored Girl. Because let's face it, all women of all nationalities the world over has color to their skin. That's something that has not really been publicized or talked about. It's not in the mainstream media. So I'm changing things. I'm bringing it to the forefront. But anyway, let's stay on topic for what the show is about. And again, my husband just talked about nutrition, how important that is. We're talking about jump-starting your program. The summer's coming. I'm seeing lots of people out, you know, enjoying the sun and trying to get things done. And what about if you eat, if you're eating better and you have more energy? One thing that I've picked up on lately is coffee. I really, really, really need to stop with that. But I do make sure that I drink at least six glasses of water a day. So that's something else. 
Next, we have begin your program by walking, even if it's just 10 minutes a day. For beginners, that's a good amount to do. And I'll let my husband elaborate on that more. But I know he's told me, my daughter, different people that he's trained. Start out small. Don't try to go and grab a big old 30-minute, an hour, you know, time frame. That's what makes people stop and get off of their path. So start by 10 minutes a day, work your way up to 20, and go on from there. If you're advanced, maybe you start at 20 or 30, but I'll let my husband take over from there. Yes, you know, when you talk Mm -hmm. about, you you look at children, and they learn to crawl before they walk. This is the same exact thing. If you want to be a runner, I would obviously say start off by walking, because Mm -hmm. I'm going to share a story with you. I'm not going to give the name, but a a friend of mine was severely overweight. He was weighing in excess of 300 pounds plus. And one day he got on the treadmill and he started walking and he just continued to walk. First day was probably like 10 minutes. And and after a couple weeks, he built it up. And before you knew it, he was running faster than I run on the treadmill. He dropped about 200 pounds. He's down to about 150, 160 pounds right now. And it all started walking. That is the way to begin. It'll make you feel better. It stretches your body out at the same time and gets you outside. Or if you're inside, you can also obviously also walk on the treadmill because some people live in climates that don't allow because it's 20 or 30 degrees below zero. If you got a treadmill, you can get inside, walk on it, start out slow. Do not try to kill yourself because... With this walking, we're going to talk about some other things later on here that go along with the walking that will really make your body start mm-hmm. to feel better. And that's where you'll start getting more advanced and you go to the 20 minutes a day and before you know it, then you're going to try to run three or four minutes and that'll work its way up and uh, it, it will really, really make you guys feel fantastic. So start out with 10 minutes walking and work your way up to 20 minutes. Work the pace up and uh, you're going to love yourself for what you do with that. Wow. See, that's awesome, you guys. You see what I mean? Just what my husband just shared with you is fantastic, and he's right. I know the person, and it's amazing, and that person inspires me. No question about mm-hmm. it. Number three, we have deep breathing. Now, this is so, so very important because mm-hmm. your respiratory system, your lungs and everything, that is what everything is about for your body. Breathing okay. is so, so so big, I can't even say it enough, because if you don't give your muscles enough oxygen, they're not going to work properly. They will store what they call lactic acid inside of your muscles. That causes for stiffness, for joint pain, for muscle pain, and all types of things. So deep breathing is big. Now, when we say deep breathing, most people take a deep breath and their chest expands real big. That is not correct. What you want to do is you want to deep breathe from what they call your diaphragm and that is below your rib cage that stomach area where when a woman is pregnant you'll see it really expands where the baby is carried at well that's where you want to breathe from you learn to breathe in and make it nice big and plump and when you breathe out you push from there because what happens when you start breathing from your chest it causes muscles that you don't usually use to get fatigued. It can cause back pain and a lot of different things that people just really don't even know about. But deep breathing is so, so big because it helps your body overall. And if you are walking and if you are running and you're not able to have a little bit of a conversation while you're doing it, you're probably, and obviously if you're not like some type of big-time athlete, because a lot of times they don't talk while they they work out. But when you're just every day, you should be able to have a conversation while you're working out, or you're probably working a little bit too hard. So try deep breathing from your diaphragm. Just lay down on the floor, give it a few shots, maybe 10 or 15 breaths. If you feel lightheaded, stop, rest, and try it again. Wow. See what I mean, you guys? That's a fantastic thing. I didn't even know that. I didn't know it's supposed to be from the base of your stomach. I thought, like my husband said, you breathe in deep, everything looks really swollen, and you let it out. But I'm going to practice that one myself. Next, we have relax and think positive. Reinforce to yourself you're on the right path and stick to it. That is something that's very important. And by the way, we're both a little under the weather, so if you hear some coughing, we apologize. The message is still the same. It's getting healthy, staying on your plan. Okay? Relax, think positive thoughts, and reinforce. You know, a lot of things can happen. And this is a little off topic, but don't let other people and outside things stop you from being on your path. The negativity that comes in life can start affecting you, and you're like, forget it, I don't even want to do it. 
stay positive. Reinforce to yourself that inside, I know what I'm capable of doing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to achieve it. I'm going to reach my goal regardless to what. And when you do, I'm telling you, it's just like when you write a book. It is the most fabulous, fantastic, exhilarating accomplishment um, that you can do. It is just so huge. You're putting your thoughts on in ink on paper that will be, it will live forever. It will be around forever. It will be archived forever. You know, so it's a fantastic, fantastic thing. Do the same thing with your health. Sometimes I find that I'm really, really busy. And like my husband said, I'll be going, you know, 80 miles an hour. Sometimes I don't breathe in deep. I'll realize it like right now. I'm talking a million miles an hour, and I realize I'm not really breathing. That's not good for your body, and it's, it's robbing your body of, of needed oxygen. So make sure you deep breathe. Make sure you relax and you think positive and reinforce yourself 24-7. It's going to be very hard to stay on the right path if you don't because extra things and life itself and problems that arise is going to try and derail you. No question. When you, when you talk about just life in general, mm-hmm. thinking, relaxing, thinking positive is one thing. But when you put that into getting healthy, it, it poses a whole other problem because working out can sometimes be a little bit difficult if you get more advanced in it. And you have these conversations. I find myself doing it. And I'm a professional athlete of, man, I should stop right now. I'm really tired right now. All the, and that is not positive thinking. You have to mm-hmm. say positive reinforcements to yourself that you can do it, relax yourself, breathe again, all these things that you have to do. So that's just what they're working out. And if you take that into your daily life, thinking positive is so big and so powerful that it is an absolute must, ladies and gentlemen. Number five, we have get a schedule because it is so much easier to follow a set plan and stay on it. Now, this, uh, this is so big because... There's so many different things that in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year that can happen that you didn't even have a plan on coming into your life. But if you have a schedule that you can look at, these things might veer you off a little bit, but you always come back to your schedule and you stay on it. You know that at the end of the week, I'm going to walk one mile, uh, one-tenth of a mile every day, and in 10 days, I'm going to have a mile done. Those are the type of things that you can check off, and my wife just said that writing a book, uh, these different things create in her mind and in her life such power, such motivation that this is the same type of thing. Because as you mark it off your list and you check it off and you see yourself accomplishing great, great goals, and when you look in the mirror, you're going to love who you see because you, not because you're losing weight and all that. That goes hand in hand. You're going to look in the mirror and love what you see because you know that you're doing what you said that you were going to do because you set a schedule, you're sticking to your schedule, and you're doing the best that you can possibly do. And that's all anybody can ask for. So set a schedule for yourself. That goes uh, starting in the morning with what you eat, working out, all the rest of the stuff you have to do during the day. And at the end of the day, we're going. the last thing is going to be what we top the day off with. But set a schedule, no doubt. You see what I mean, you guys? I learned so much from my husband. Just what he just said is so empowering. It gives you chills because you're like, oh, my God, I want to get started right away. Just like he said, start it in the morning. Know what you're going to do. I'm going to give you guys another example, and then I'm going to move on to the next one. But here's a prime example. There's about 40 things on my to-do list that is very important. 25 of them are priorities, okay? I'm going to achieve those. What I've decided to do is use my husband's plan of action. This is what he said a long time ago to me. I used to write lists, and I would be uncomfortable by the end of the night. If it was time for me to go to bed, I would later and think about what I didn't get done instead of being happy and feeling accomplished for what I did. And he said, that's okay, honey. Don't tackle it. Rome wasn't built in a day. What you do is you do as much as you can and mark that off and be happy and and encouraged by that. And every day do a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and you'll look up and, by like he said, by the end of the week, it's all done. It is amazing. It's something that I didn't do before I met my husband, and now it helps me to not take the list so serious. I still Put them as important. If you don't write down everything you need to do, you're going to forget some things. You're not going to stay on your plan. You're not going to accomplish as much. So please make your list. I've done many shows, me and my husband, on doing lists, writing them, and actually accomplishing goals off of them. This is just a little extra sweet something to share with you guys that he's writing what he says. If you start in the morning and know that it's going to not only just be working out, but it's also my nutrition and everything else, one thing that we do is my husband juices every morning. And I've gotten to where it's a habit now, and I look forward to it. 
honey, are you going to juice this morning? And he says, yes. And it automatically, right then and there, brightens my whole day. Because I know regardless to what, if I make a, a bad choice and eat something that's not nutritionally sound, I've had my nutrition in the morning. I've had my juice. Regardless to what, I've had the vegetables, the carrots, the apples, you know, the spinach, that sort of thing, and I've drink, drunk it. So when you do that, it absorbs into your bloodstream a lot faster than even when you eat it. So I just wanted to share that with you. And then I'll jump to the next one. Read a book. Get a good book on eating right, and you got to study it. Study, study, study. That's one thing that we learned from a masseuse many years ago was about a – uh, product, and I've talked about it on the show before, called Bragg, B-R-A-G-G, Bragg Healthy Lifestyles. They talk a lot about nutrition and so on. They have a product called apple cider vinegar. We'll do a show on it again, so it'd be too long for us to, to talk about it right now, but I can tell you it's a great drink. My husband has been drinking it over 10 years, and it's fabulous. It does a lot of different things for you in nutrition-wise, but if you read a book on health and nutrition, that will also help you to put a plan together. Take from it what will work in your life. Don't feel like, oh, my goodness, I have to do what this expert does or this professional athlete does or this actress does or whoever. Write down what is good for you. Put your name at the top of the paper and write down nutrition and let that be the header. Then write down exercise and then write down at the bottom my plan. And on there, Write out on my plan exactly what you plan to eat on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what you plan to do exercise-wise, and what you plan to write in your journal or however you want to do it, write your plan down at the bottom. Food, write down what you can eat and what you can eat. In exercise, what you can do now and what you hope to achieve in two weeks and what you hope to achieve in a month. And that way you will make sure that you're getting all your stuff done. But a book will definitely help you stay on track. That is correct. And my wife said it. She said, take little bits and pieces from this book. Uh, Nothing is going to be the holy grail and tell you everything, but you can learn so much from a book that you can take a little bit here, a little bit there, and it will go a long, long way for you. Awesome one. Get a book. Uh, Number seven is get a yearly physical and find out what's going on from your cholesterol levels to mm-hmm. your heart to everything. It is very, very important. Athletes get physicals yearly because before every season you have to get uh, an exam to check you out and check your heart, your lungs, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But there's no difference that everybody should get one because in 365 days so many different cells have changed That's in your right. body and there's so much different stuff going on that you definitely, definitely need one. You want to know what your cholesterol level is because when you start this nutrition plan, your cholesterol level is probably going to drop. When you start this workout plan, your cholesterol level is going to drop and these are going to be things that you want to know and you want to see. If your insurance covers it, Try to take a stress test. And a stress test is when they hook you up to a treadmill, they put some little stickies all over your body so they can hear your lungs and they can hear your heart really good. And then once you're done, they lay you on the table and they do an ultrasound and it checks your heart and really sees what's going on. And sometimes when you guys are maybe you're watching TV and you see an athlete that said they had an enlarged heart and different stuff like that, this is what they've done. They've done a stress test and it really, really looks at you in a way that a lot of people don't get a chance. And it checks you out. And it call it stress because they get you to a level that your heartbeat is beating so fast that they can really check your heart out in a way that you can't really get any other time. So if you can, get a stress test, but definitely every year try to go get a physical and get a yearly. Oh, my goodness, you guys, we love doing these shows. We only have a certain amount of time allotted for each segment. This show is about getting your body healthy, jump-starting your program. My husband has just shared with you some fantastic and fascinating advice and tips. What I want you guys to do is be on the lookout for his new book that's going to be coming out in 2010. I'm not going to say when, maybe the middle, maybe be the later end of the year, but it will be out next year. He, Like he said, he really thinks about what he wants to say. He wants to make sure he's methodical in it and he's giving you as much advice and and, um, good sound ideas and everything else. So be looking out for it. It's not titled yet, but I just want to say to you, there's one more, actually there's two more, but we're going to jump into hot topics. We're going to leave you with massages, yoga, and stretching. That will round out this segment as it's only 20 minutes we have and it's over. But get massages, do your yoga, or sign up for yoga if you don't know how, and stretch, stretch, stretch. Right, babe? That is correct. (laughs) And 
in the news, in the hottest topics on the web, of course, we have a couple flee with bank millions. Police are hunting for a New Zealand couple who allegedly fled the country after a bank mistakenly paid them $6 million, and they are believed to be traveling in Hong Kong. New Zealand authorities have sought help from Interpol in locating a couple who disappeared May 7th, two days after an employee made an error at a Westpac bank paid them 10 times the amount that they asked for. 100 times, baby. Oh, excuse me, 100 times. Yeah, that is right. So uh, I I know that when they got that money, a couple things probably went through their mind, and they said, I'm going to go with the ladder, and they went to Hong Kong. So uh, they're, they're looking for you, and CNN is on the case. Oh, my God. Next, we have some, this is one that you guys are really going to be tripping off of. Twin boys have different fathers. Mia Washington, a lady in Dallas, gave birth 11 months ago to her sons, Justin and Jordan. The boys who were conceived naturally were born just seven minutes apart, but medical tests show there are half-brothers, not full brothers. Washington, it turns out, had a fling with a man other than her partner and ended up conceiving a child with both men. DNA test from clear diagnosis, a, a local lab showed there is no chance the boys have the same father at all. Washington had the boys DNA tested after noticing their facial features were very different. Her fiancé, James Harrison, who fathered one of the twins, has decided, though, to forgive her and raise both of the children as his own. The identity of the other father has not been disclosed. And, by the way, this is a very, very rare occurrence. Oh, man, <laughs> heads up to the to wow. the dad who's going to raise them both for sure. Yeah. Uh, also in the news, we have ex-South Korea leader jumps to death. Seoul Korea embattled former President Roh Moo-young, a reformist shamed by the corruption scandal that tarnished his image as a clean, quote-unquote, politician, jumps to his death while hiking in the mountains behind his rural home in South Korea, his lawyer said. He was 62 years old. Ro was hiking in Bongha Village when he threw himself off a steep cliff around 6.40 a.m. Saturday, his lawyer told reporters in uh, the southern city of Busan. So uh, he left a suicide note also. That's really, really sad, but uh, God bless him. Oh, that is terrible, honey. So he killed himself because he was an informant and he was shamed? Uh, yeah, he was shamed about the, you know, he had a clean image. And then all of a sudden, you know, people start going at him and different stuff. And, you know, South Korea is communist, so I'm sure that it was pretty, pretty hard on him. And he jumped to his death. So that's, uh, I don't know. We'll have to watch that one. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, my God. And next in the news, we have a little six-year-old boy. He takes the wheel after his dad passes out. A six-year-old boy grabbed the wheel of his father's pickup truck when his father passed out from a low blood sugar, keeping the vehicle from crashing until officers to bring it to a halt. Now, that's amazing. Tustin Maines was in the back seat with his three-year-old brother Sunday when his father, Philip Maines, slumped over the wheel. The boy told the police the family had been driving home from a restaurant. Do you believe he was sick, honey, and could drive? Well, I, you know, nowadays with all the video games and different stuff, you know, kids kind of have an idea how to keep it going straight. So uh, I was just saying, man, I hope he didn't have his foot slammed down on the gas pedal or whatever, but that is really, really fantastic. Uh, Tustin Maines, hats off to you, buddy. Oh, most definitely. And guess what? Love and romance. And then we're going to hit sports, and we're going to come back and get that very coveted interview with our special guest as soon as he joins us. So, in Love and Romance, you know what time it is, you guys. It's time for us to share a little bit in the poetry department with you. So my lovely husband is going to do the honors for you this week. Yes, I will, babe. And this one is titled, titled, Without You, Jackie, I Am Like. So, I am like, or excuse me, without you, I am like. Peanut butter without jelly, a sandwich without bread, a shante without nelly, a box spring but no bed, a hamburger with no bun, a tan with no sun, a theme park that's no fun, a game that's never won. Without you, I'm like a shoe without laces, crooked teeth without braces, playing spades with no aces, old women without maces, a car with no gas, a golf course with no grass, a window with no glass, and a stripper with no ass. Without you, I'm like a puppy with no legs, a homeless person who never begs, a party with no kegs, an omelet without eggs, a car with no tires, a loose bolt with no pliers, a computer with no wires, 
a barbecue with no fire. Without you, I'm meaningless. Oh, Crystal yeah. Holmes. That's hot. That's hot. Who I wrote like that? that Crystal Holmes. That was hot. And without you, honey, I'm like a beautiful golden retriever with no owner. I, I didn't. I don't know about that one. That it's not as empowering as mine, but that, that was pretty good. That's right. In this week's questions and comments and notes, you guys, we have the first one. Doug, how do you show Jackie she can trust you? As my girl has a huge distrust for me, as I have a lot of female friends, and she doesn't like it. Also, because I would not allow her to have any male friends, because you know how guys are—they always want to push you up. Well, I would say that's a couple questions, but first and foremost uh, about trust, I would say be completely open and honest. I, mm-hmm. I, that's you know the best way to to gain anybody's trust. If you're mm-hmm. honest, they can't do anything but trust and respect you. Exactly. Uh, but you have to, and I'm not going to say understand. I'm going to say overstand that it goes both ways when you come to your your that's second right. question because if you're going to have female friends, then she's probably going to have male friends, and that's only fair play. And that doesn't mean that there's anything going on because they could be co-workers or whatever, but it has to be an open door that anything conversation-wise can take place, and if any questions need to get asked or answered, they need to be able to do that. Yeah, or maybe they can even all be friends together, like her friends and him and his friends and her and everybody just kind of. It, no question. If you're going to be together, that is a definite must. That's not. A, I, I'm sorry, but I didn't even go over that because <laughs> I, I took that. People obviously no, understood that one right off the top. But yeah. uh, number two, guys, do you recommend couples get marriage counseling before getting married? As we heard, speaking of my fi- fiance and myself, that. If you don't, you will fail at marriage. You guys have been, have a beautiful marriage and have been married for a very long time. How do you do it? Um, you want me to answer that? Yeah. I think that, <laughs> I think that yeah, counseling is a good idea, definitely. See if you guys is on the same page. I mean, ain't nothing perfect, so there's going to be issues, ups and downs, sort of things like that. But you, there again, it comes into that whole maturity thing. How mature are you? Are you going to work through things together as a family and be committed to that? If so, you're probably not going to fail. It's very simple. You know, somebody said once that it's business is not difficult or complicated. People make it difficult and complicated. That's the way I look at it. If you want it to be a, a hard thing, then that's what it's going to be. Go into it open-minded with the fact that we're going to be best friends. We're going to learn. We're going to go through ups and downs. But together we're a family. We're a, a force to be reckoned with and not we're on two different sides of the fence. And if she trips, I'm going to trip. If he trip, I'm going to trip and all that. It just doesn't work out. And, you know, you're going to feel terrible when you're, um, when you get into it with your mate anyway because you're like, dang, I'll never want them to be upset or vice versa. And then you have to be woman enough or man enough to go to them and say, I'm sorry. So I would say marriage counseling would definitely help, especially people that um, have never really been in a serious relationship or they feel like they may not be able to uphold their part of the bargain. So get some counseling. No question about it. I would say that that is something that if it's even a question, you might want to do it. It's not for everybody, but it's something that's out there as another vehicle to help you on your path to having the type of marriage that you want to have. So if you need it, go for it. And like my husband said, it's not for everybody, but at the same time, too, it's a beautiful thing for the people that it is for. And the ones that it ain't, that's your choice, you know, your prerogative. Number three, what is the, Jack, your dog, I guess this is to us, um, from Kim in Jackson, Mississippi, what is the most precious gift to you that Doug has ever given you? So I would say his commitment is the most precious. I mean, material things are special and sweet and good and all that, and I mean, that's all sweet and good, but even if you didn't have anything, you know you you really love your mate when you would still just want them to be a good um, soul and committed to your family and your your situation and not play games, because that's one thing that I've never been about, and I would say that's the most precious thing is his commitment, honesty, his heart and just the fact that he is my husband so that would that would be it i hope that answers your question honey what's the most precious thing i've gave you uh, that part, that question was for you <laughs> i can't give that over to i tried to get one in but number four it says jackie what do the two of you do when you feel the world is just too stressful and mm-hmm. you and your mate uh may argue a little and be edgy but you know that you love each other with all your hearts, but uh, life can sometimes get to you. What do you do? That's from Mark in Indianapolis. Wow. Um, what do we do 
we talk about it. Sometimes we ignore each other for like an hour and just roll our eyes and stomp around and hiss and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, we 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 um we talk or we just let it go. You just you know you be like whatever it is just not that serious. And if you really love the person, it's like your your parents. Sometimes they make you mad, right? When you're young, you're a kid or whatever. You're not going to sit there and hate them and be like, oh, you ain't my parent no more. You're going to go in your room or go about your day, handle your business, do whatever you do, and then you're going to end up seeing them in the kitchen cooking, for instance, and you're going to, you know, you're not going to go in there and ignore them. You're going to probably say, oh, what are you cooking or whatever, and you just keep living. So I would have to definitely say we just handle it like um, parents, husband and wife, mature adults. Um, has there been times when, you know, starting out, you're like, oh, I don't know really what to do. I'm pissed off at this person. I ain't going to talk to him for an hour or her for an hour. Yeah, I mean, everybody goes through that, but you get over that quick. And, you know, if you're really, truly best friends, you should be able to talk about anything. So if I upset my husband in any way, he knows he can say, honey, you upset me, and I'm going to try to fix that and vice versa. So communication is very important as well. So I would say that we um, handle it by communicating, and sometimes when stressed, you know, I used to be the type that was kind of closed in. I wouldn't really say what was wrong, and I deal with people a lot every day because I do errands and that sort of thing, and sometimes they get on my nerves because they just do trivial little silly things, you know, or they're attitude or they wake up in the morning pissed off at the world, and you're like, good morning, you're having a great day, you've gotten your coffee, you've got your mail ready to send out, and they look at you and kind of bark, and I don't take it personal anymore. My husband's shown me that it's not your problem, it's not your deal. If you can't, you know, continue to do your business, then don't do business with them and go someplace else and mail your stuff, but don't take their issues on. So that's the way we do it. When when stress of the world starts coming, we, you know, band together and we get through it. There you go. Always stay on the higher ground. Keep it clean, no sucker punches. No, <laughs> none of that. Pettit, 37 with 
219. So could the big unit be the last uh, of the 300 club? I think it's very, very possibly be. I don't think that people realize uh, the type of uh, a structure that you need in baseball and the type of personnel you need to move forward. Um, obviously, you need a lot more help than you used to. Uh, and, and obviously, let's just be honest about it, the whole era and in terms of what's been in question, hey, there's been pitchers that have been on things too, so maybe that has something to do with the figures uh, that these pitchers have been putting up. But uh, obviously, it's a huge number. Uh, the big unit is responsible for, I believe, roughly 130, uh, got 130 of his wins for with the Mariners. So uh, uh, it's going to be far-fetched for just see another pitcher get up there and, and post those type of uh, wins and have that type of success. I agree with you. I mean, you're looking at, you know, a good year a pitcher gets 17, maybe 20 wins, something like that. So if you're doing that, and that's 10 years in the major leagues, that's only 200 wins. We're talking 300 wins. Randy Johnson, Hall of Famer, I'm still peeved that they got rid of him here in Seattle because anybody who's 6'10 that comes off the mound firing him like that, you got to have, and he's left-handed, you, you, you got to have that. Oh, my goodness. Well, everybody – is paying attention to the NBA whistle. And right now, I believe we've had tip-off of Denver and Los Angeles. We're talking Game 3. This is in Denver. This is going to be one heck of a showdown. Game 1, L.A. pulls it out. And I'll say Game 2, Denver pulls it out. What do you see in this Game 3? Are there any adjustments that we should be looking for? Uh, what, what are you looking at here? Who comes out with a 2-1 lead, Whistle? Um, I'm expecting Denver to, to really play with an enthused level at home. Um, I just really, I've been impressed with their poise. Uh, and if you really realistically look at the situation, they should actually be going home 2-0, and uh, somewhat like another team that we're probably going to be talking about pretty uh, soon here. <laughs> just interesting trend that, uh, that the visiting team can come in and command uh, the attention of, you know, the teams that on paper were, were slated to meet each other. So it's been very interesting. Well, I'm looking at Denver. They play so, so well at home. And, and truly at the beginning, I can't change. Uh, you know, I, I love Denver. I love the way that they play. I, I thought that Los Angeles, I'm seeing a lot of kinks in the armor, but at the same time, they definitely have the talent to win. Can they win? I am not sure yet because Kobe is looking very fatigued because he's taken. Uh, it's interesting that when the, the Kings played uh, Kobe Bryant, we've talked about this, was I was pretty much the only defender. Sometimes they would put Bobby Jackson on him, but Bobby was a lot smaller and, you know, he could shoot over him and what have you, but these teams that he's facing right now, like Houston and Denver, they have multiple defenders that are able to go on him, and they're not just trying to defend him. They're trying to beat him up. They are making him shoot tough shots, contested shots, and they're really taking his legs away from him. So if you're Phil Jackson and the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, does that really, I mean, does that start getting into your psyche? And then maybe is that why some of these role players aren't showing up because of the fact that they're looking at their superstar and saying, oh, my goodness, he's, you know, he's getting it every night, and now the pressure's on us? Well, definitely. I go with that. And the other part of that is the superstar's ability to raise the level of his team and essentially the competition that they'll be playing at. Um, you know, every other superstar, it seems like it just comes a point where the Lakers come to a halt. And I always think that has a lot to do with your superstar and the way that he perceives his team and their needs and, and where they are. So uh, if there's any self-doubt in the Lakers, you have to look at primarily their superstar and, and their experiences throughout the season because you prepare yourself for these situations. Uh, you know you're not going to be able to do it all, and ultimately there's going to come a time where your teammates have to take the take the reins from you. And uh, by those guys being ill-prepared, it, it probably shows a lot of, of what was going on throughout the season. So, again, we got to see what happens. Uh, maybe there's some adjustments to be made, but I just really look at it like, hey, you go out there, you play Kobe extremely tough, and you can win because there's, the rest of the team isn't going to play at that level. So, uh uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I give Phil a lot of credit, and we'll see what, what type of adjustments he can make. 
No question. Well, I'm going to come back to the West, but I want to get some Eastern Conference in because we got something shaking down in the Eastern Conference that is a really, really interesting whistle. You said it yesterday before the game when we were talking that Orlando could be leaving Cleveland up two games to love, but you forgot about King James, as they call him. I was watching a game with my 8-year-old son, Dougie, and he said, Dad, the game's over. And I said, Dougie, as long as there's time on the clock, you never know what can happen. And when LeBron James hit that shot, I wish I could have took a picture of his face because he couldn't believe it. It is tied 1-1. LeBron James hits a 35-footer at the buzzer. Uh, What do you say? The only thing I have to say about that is a couple things. Now, uh, as a player, we were always aware of the situation, you know, what to do, who to foul, and whatnot. So with that being said, the first is on the players. We are not giving up any three-pointers. I think that's easy enough, and that's the no-brainer. Second of all, why not foul him? If he, foul whoever's going to shoot it, because you know what? you got to make three free throws to, to, to get the win. You have to make three free throws to get three points, uh, I think that would have been a pressure situation for King James and, and maybe for the, to, to weigh on the psyching of the team. Hey, let's face it, you got your MVP at the line and he misses his first free throw, you need two. Could be a, a, a big situation. So uh, other than that, you got to give credit to King James. He, he stepped out, he made the shot, you take advantage of what you're given as an offensive player, and he definitely did that. So uh, this, there could be a switch in the momentum, but it was definitely – definitely going to be a different situation going into Orlando down 0-2. No question about it. You know, it, it it goes to say, and we're going to jump around here a little bit, Wizzle, with the Eastern and Western and what have you, because i, I got to cover a little bit of coaching here, and I want to get your opinion on this, because watching that game, you know that he's going to get the ball. At least I was feeling, hey, he's going to get the ball. Regardless what happens, they're going to find a way. And you saw Mo Williams, he waited for him and waited for him. You put Hito Turkoglu on top of him so he can't come out, and you put Dwight Howard below him so he can't go get the lob. Then you make somebody else, I don't care who it is, the best three-point shooter they have on the team, you make them make the shot. You make somebody else make the shot just like Denver did with Los Angeles. Now, Los Angeles was using Kobe as a decoy. That's great. Uh, What do you think about these two decisions? Because I I thought that both of them, from Orlando's side of things, I didn't think that they played defense the right way. And from Phil Jackson's side of the things, when you're in that type of situation, Kobe has to get the ball. Oh, without a doubt. And and definitely uh, it's ultimately up to the players. But the blame is sitting in the laps of the coaches, and and the, the coaches take the scrutiny from any uh, wrong decisions that may be made. Uh, I was very concerned, obviously, with the decision that Orlando made because if you recall the last series uh, with Boston, they had an opportunity to win a game late, um, got the shot, scored too early. And right. so uh, they left a second this time, and it was still too early. So um, obviously maybe there's things that you can do to prevent that, but definitely you got to make the adjustments. you got to foul right off, right when the guy initially touches the ball, um, and you got to make sure that you steal that win. You came too far to not get it. And, and I've always got this philosophy that the travel to the other arena is definitely going to be a lonely plane ride or it's going to be a heck of a plane ride based upon winning and losing. You're down 0-2 and that flight to Orlando, there could be a lot of doubt and, and, and self-pity uh, starting to creep into the, the psyching of a Cavalier player. So I think they definitely played off a lot for them to get that win. And, and also, um, I, I don't think it should discourage Orlando, but at the same time, this is a playoff basketball. Coaches, players, you guys got to – Get your checks and balances, dot your I's and everything, and make sure you can take your win because we're playing at the highest level and playing for the highest prize right now. There is no question about that, Wizzle. And when you talk about playing at the highest level, it's interesting looking at how these series are playing out because Los Angeles is a team that played all year as a team with a superstar, but everybody did their role. Then you look at um, 
Cleveland, they played the same exact way with LeBron James, and everybody does their role. Well, right now in the playoffs, both of those teams aren't doing that. But the other two teams in Orlando has three guys that they can go to, Hedo, Rashard, Dwight Howard, and then you just pick a guy who steps up. On Denver, you've got uh, Chauncey, Mello, then Nene, pick somebody else who steps up. You've got multiple guys that you can go to where these other two teams have one player. And this, to me, is the epitome of team right now. And you're seeing that these guys, LeBron and Kobe, lead their teams to these big leads, got everybody going. Then all of a sudden, the defense narrows in on them. And then these other guys like your Hedos, your Richards, your Chaunties, your Mellows, they step up and all of a sudden, the game just totally changes what what does that say about team play in a superstar in the nba well it definitely it tells you a, a lot about how important the the superstar and and the type of uh camaraderie that he demands from his team the type of team that he's gonna have that you're gonna the type of team essentially you're gonna put out on the court and go c- compete with and with that being said you know you're not gonna have uh, every night and have a big night, but you just got to know that your team is playing at a, such a high level that uh, where maybe I miss uh, one particular avenue. I got somebody else who's guaranteed to get it tonight because it all starts in practice and the, and the type of uh, uh, the type of warfare that you've been through together and the, and the trust factor ultimately. So you look now, there's a, actually a reduction process. That's what I like to call it going on. It's, uh, cooking time. When you have uh, this, all these talented guys, and it seems like they disappear, it's because of what they're taking. What 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 talents do they have, and that they're taking away now? And it's because of the coaching and and defensive philosophies, and also the lack thereof to adjust and to make adjustments on the fly with your game to be mental as well as physical. So uh, there's a lot of that. That's why you see Kobe and, and and LeBron. It looks like they're playing by themselves a lot of the time because there is a reduction process. Not, not everybody is on the same level, and uh, a lot of guys don't trust themselves if they if they would trust the superstar. No question. You guys are hearing it right here from the whistle. We are getting some very good insight, and we just used a ter- uh, cooking term to describe basketball, and that was be reduced, and do not be reduced whatever you do. Whistle, I got a question for you, one for every team, and you just tell me who it is. Who needs to step up? I'm going to give you the team. You tell me who needs to step up. Denver, game three, who needs to step up? Um, just definitely the the Lakers. Um, if anybody wants to step, I think that Denver's going to come out on fire. I think that they're coaching. Uh, they have bought into their philosophy. They are an extent of their coach, an extent of the point guard. Uh, I do expect them to play at a very high level, and I think that the the series is is, is slowly starting to swing in their favor. Um, so I look for the Lakers and their bench and everybody to step up and also Phil's coaching and some of the adjustments that he's going to have to make. In the Orlando series, who needs to step it up for the Orlando Magic as they go home for game three? I would say that the coaching for Orlando, and I only say that not to be, you know, to pick at anything or nitpick. I just think that you have such a team and you play at such a level, I don't think you adjust to what Cleveland does. They have to adjust to what you guys do. Like you alluded to earlier, you have a couple of players out there that are posted up to make big shots, and they're big-time players, and you have a huge, huge advantage inside with Dwight Howard. And also on the defensive side of the ball, you have Dwight Howard, who is Defensive Player of the Year. So just take advantage of your strengths and don't really make too many adjustments. It's a thinking man's game. And you got to take away what we can do, and it's—I don't see any way to stop what Orlando does. So uh, I look for the coaching to get out the way. Uh, who needs to step up for those Cleveland Cavaliers? I know you can drop it in a hat and pick anybody, but who's your main guy who you think needs to step up and help LeBron James? Um, obviously, they're bench players, but uh, what would be huge is Mo Williams. And I'm sorry, Mo, to call you, but. Your shooting over the past couple games has been a, a little bit lackluster. You're about 9 of 41, 42. And, and, and it's not the all-star uh, type of performer that we've been seeing or been accustomed to. Uh, could that be to the reduction process? Is the fact that you have 6'11 guys out there running around defending you? I don't know. But 
as a player, you make adjustments. Uh, you have strengths where you have weaknesses. So, and, and you have to assess that and be wise enough to assess it. So I look for Mo to step up, and he's got to help those guys out. I agree with you. you got to have a one-two punch. Kobe needs uh, Lamar Odom. He needs Paul Gasol. LeBron James definitely needs Mo Williams to be that all-star that he was all year. You look at Richard all-star, Dwight Howard all-star. You can call Hito an all-star because he's playing out of his mind. Not the whole game, but when he needs to, he's putting it down. So Mo Williams, I think, may have a better game in Orlando. We will see Kobe Bryant. We're going to be checking him out tonight, no question about it. I believe we got a uh, Yeah, question. you guys, they want to know who is your guys' pick. They said they know it's premature, but they want the Wizzles' pick, and then they want yours, honey. Go with the Western Conference. Wizzle, who you got there? I am going to go with Denver. Okay. Eastern Conference? I am going to go with Orlando to pull the upset. Wow, Wizzles. I mean, you know what? I'm just, uh, for argument's sake, I'm going opposite of the Wizzle. I'm going to go L.A., Cleveland, whoever. Everybody wants to see LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. Don't know if they have enough to pull it out, but it's going to be interesting to watch, and we will see who is correct. Wizzle, as always, we appreciate your insight in the world of sports. Enjoy the game, and until next week, same time, same place. And I got to get to a sports bar. Man, my cable company cut my channel four. I am out. <laughs> hey, everybody. You know that special guest we were talking about? We had such a good time with the whistle and Doug. We're not going to bring him on today. He did call, but he said he's going to come back and visit with us next Saturday. So guess what? It's going to be Jay Tavarari. And he is a fantastic actor, celebrity, big time guest. So make sure you check with us next Saturday, 5 o'clock, right here on the Love Talk Radio. Tell them you guys have a safe and happy and memorable Memorial Weekend. Peace. I love you.